0: Like fried chicken. Broadcasting from the cloud of sun-drenched fog clinging to my front porch on this unseasonably warm January morning. This is taste like fried chicken.
1: Another heater from the burner sparking light of fluid. If you could find a crew, this any to find to do it. Now what kind of music echoes through the catacombs Home is where the heart is so the hardest never had a home
0: You just Hey just people how you doing Uh this is episode number 38 recorded on January 11th 2014 and um, I talked with uh, at the Casey Stork from Twitter um, I knew he was a cool dude just from having interacted with him and shit on the uh, you know on Twitter but um, he is really fascinating dude this was a great interview and uh, it's really cool to get to know the guy uh, a little bit so definitely gonna have him back on uh, we are, we are presented by the chonillacom network uh, thank you so much Cloven shirley uh check out our website www.tastelikefriedchicken.com um you can uh feed us back at uh owen and chill at gmail.com uh and we will hopefully have chill back on real soon she was not able to join us for this episode all the love and support um to her uh in her time of need and um yeah uh we are also at uh, Owen and Chill on Twitter My Twitter is At Captain o Dog. Chills is at Chill in Miami And um, Yeah At the Casey Stork on Twitter uh, Really cool dude Really enjoyed talking to them. If you guys uh, feel like spreading the word about the show, hit us with an iTunes review. They mean a lot to us. Um, It it helps the show get uh, spread around. And you know what? Uh, That's all the blabber I have for you today. Enjoy the show. The song will be uh, The the Getaway with Fraction, Prince Poe, and Maya Kiltron from the Extremities album, uh refresh uh yeah and the song's called the getaway enjoy hello hello hey man how you doing i'm doing good how are you man i'm really good really good thank you so much for putting up with all my raggedyness and uh actually coming out for this Uh, i think this is like the third night we've tried to get this going eh?
1: Oh, yeah. But you ain't got to apologize, man. I understand. Like I said, my kids, man, they had me in the death clutch over the holiday, so I definitely understand that.
0: <laughs> well, you can hear my voice is still pretty uh, <laughs> fucked up. Like, yeah, it's been a rough holiday that way.
1: You got some of that that that, that uh, skateboard uh, kind of raspy going on.
0: <laughs> like you've been smoking too much and yeah. riding the half pipe.
1: Sure, <laughs> so you went up in uh, Colorado uh, celebrating uh, that that legalization.
0: <laughs> I wish that'd be kind of fun, probably. <laughs> I hear things are going nuts down there now, like just everybody, school well, I, teachers, you know.
1: Yeah, I think people, you know, get a little bit of freedom. I think once they give it a couple of months, it'll it'll die down. You know, I'm sure back when they. Let uh let the liquor flow, you know, in the streets once again. That they had the same kind of problem. So I'm sure it'll it'll, it'll be all right.
0: Yeah, like everybody with a job's gonna have two or three days at work all baked, and then be like, mm, this is not a good
1: idea. Yeah. But it, <laughs> well, they had some on the news where uh some guy was like trying to sue uh his job because they fired him, but they like, dude, it's the same thing as you can't if you came here drunk just because it's legal now. Don't mean you can just come here and high.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally. So um, for everybody listening, this is DeCasey Stork from Twitter. Um, Very cool dude, like really supportive of our show uh, since the very beginning. And I'm wondering, like, so should I call you like Mr. Stork?
1: Uh, uh, Casey Stork, you can call me by my government name, Roger, whatever you prefer. I don't don't care.
0: Nice, nice. (laughs) Um, And that sort of brings me to my first question, which was sort of like, What's the deal with the government name thing Uh, as a white Nova Scotian? I do not understand.
1: Uh, 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 I know for me, like my friends and like mostly my uncles growing up in the hood, because they were kind of they were in the streets. So, you know, you kind of had a nickname, an alias. So kind of when the, you know, the law would harass you or stop you, you kind of have something to, you know, throw them off. But, Of course, they're always gonna check though, but people get, you know, we're well, be, gonna be calling me by my government, you know, but they don't want nobody to know who they, their true identity is. Okay, I mean, yeah. it's just some, some simple hood shit.
0: Nice. Now, while that's cool tradition to be kept on though, because yeah, it's yeah. such a big thing on the internet, but it's also very like to me, I've always had my full name out and like, ah, blah blah blah. Like, you know, it, it's only when I started uh, playing like Xbox Live and my uh, username was my name. Like, uh huh. No, we can't have that. <laughs> I got to change that right away.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it just came like, I got on Twitter and, like, uh, when I play college ball, if you ever uh, see me, my, my bill's kind of off. I got long legs and a big upper body, so my homeboy used to call me the stork because I look like, real, like, sick but not in a good way and shoulder pads. So, <laughs> that's where the whole KC story came from. It, yeah, it was kind of like, man, you you know, you like a big ass chicken in them shoulder pads, dog. So
0: that's
1: kind of where that shit came from. <laughs> Damn.
0: Oh man. Well, like as a child of an ornithologist, I have to say um people don't realize how badass storks are. Yes, uh, they my, don't. My dad uh And I used to band birds, which is basically catching them, putting a ring on their leg. And then like, you can monitor the progress of the population based on what information you get from that tag later on. Right. So that, that bird lived three more years and gained three pounds or whatever. And, uh, storks. And that whole family, herons, you gotta watch the fuck out because they just they just mm-hmm. wait till you drop your hand and then they stab you in the eye with that beak. They Even the babies. With that beak and yeah.
1: they got the big ass wings too. Yeah,
0: yeah. And they're they're like they have that instinct to just blind you. That's the first thing yeah. they want to do. So yes. uh,
1: yeah. Well,
0: so you are in school now, right?
1: Yep, uh Monday I start the last stretch of uh my uh, little time down here in Rolla, Missouri, going to nursing school. So it's actually, I'm just getting my, uh, I have my uh, associates RN, and then it'll be uh, probably a couple of more months online to get my bachelor's, but the, the foundation will be completed as far as being a, 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 a registered nurse.
0: So the difference between an RN and a non-RN nurse is what?
1: Uh, well, you have your LPNs, your CNAs, but I mean, your RN, you just register. So that I means you just take a national exam. Uh, exam. And, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Now, you have your two-year RN, you have your bachelor's, which is your four-year, you got right. an MSN, you also have your nurse practitioners. It's just higher level of, uh, I guess, I mean, trust. And then the biggest thing between a BSN and your uh, your associates or, uh, associate RN is basically just more leadership. So your charge nurses tend to be your BSNs, and your MSNs.
0: So your level that you're going for is sort of like if you were using a military analogy, maybe like a sergeant. Like,
1: yeah, uh, it like at yeah, the, the E5, yeah. Frontline leadership? E5, somewhere in there, yeah.
0: <laughs> nice, man. Wow, that's cool. I have to say, I have a lot of respect for uh, the entire profession of nursing. Like, anytime I'm in a hospital, and it seems to happen sometimes, um, I, I often have issues with the doctors, but yep. I find, like, you get the right nurse, you're going to be all right.
1: Yeah, and, and that's when, like, because I remember, like, when I really, uh, it's like when you guys are, like, just really getting into it. And that's when, like, when my grandma, was, uh, she was ill right before she passed away. And that's really kind of what got me into nursing, just, like, the, the the care they gave her, how comfortable they made her. And, like, when her uh, we finally brought her home, her hospice nurse, man, I mean, I'm mean, damn, I mean, I, I was just like, wow, just the level of care and how comfortable they made her at that time that she was battling cancer. I mean, I mean, she was in a lot of pain, but you wouldn't realize it because they just gave her, I mean, just such one-on-one care. And then uh, her uh, physical therapist also, it's not an RN, But just, I mean, just the amount of care she got just really made me fall back in love with the medical field. I mean, that's where I came into the military as a combat medic. and that right? uh, Yeah. And that kind of just made me, like, just fall back in in love with medicine, just seeing the amount of care they gave my grandmother.
0: It is incredible. Like the, um, um, uh, what's that word? Not pediatric. The palliative care unit in uh, Fredericton, where my mom died, the level of, of. uh, yeah, it's just the individual people really give a shit about everybody.
1: Yes. In yes. a way
0: that you don't see in most jobs. And that's like when that happens and you're, you know, a family member and you're open to being comforted that way, it means so much. Yes, know? it does. And, uh, yeah, well, that's that's awesome, man. Like you were a big inspiration for me to read that uh, poem about, about my son that I wrote for the nurses at... At the IWK, and it sort of opened up my mind as sort of trying to express that stuff a little more on the show. So I thank you for that.
1: No, I thank you, man. You gave me the little shout out, man. I was just like, wow. I was like, if I if I if I had a pale of skin, I'd have been like a little schoolgirl blushing, man. I was like, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, you chill like all you guys. I listen to your podcast, man. I don't understand. I mean, I, I try to put the word out there for like all you guys, and so like. Just to hear, like, the KC story. Wow, I'm like, I'm tweeting everybody. I'm telling all my friends, man, listen to this this, this show right here, man. They care about their fans, you know. They <laughs> want you to, to, to interact with them, man. So, I mean, you guys do a great job. I know y'all getting started, man. But, yeah, like I said, I, I really appreciate
0: it. Oh, I appreciate that, man. That's really sweet. Like, I'm, I just say I'm so grateful to be a part of the whole podcast thing. Like, I really feel like in 20 or 30 years, um, this medium is going to be looked back on and been it'll be like a, a wave of newness. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the influence that free broadcasting for everybody has on our culture. I think it's really early days, but it's, I don't know about you, but I haven't fucking turned on a radio oh, no. in, in a year. And whenever I do, I'm like, ah, God, this I mean, is why I don't bother.
1: Yeah. I mean, it started with my, with my, like, my first CD player. I mean, I mean, since, CDs came out. I just don't like the radio. And then when it got more into just the podcast, just all these thoughts, uh, uncensored. I mean, whether you agree or not, just giving you a, just different viewpoints coming from all around the world. I mean, how could you How could you not like that? Yeah. And, and then when I, people say, I'm like, I'm just a podcast. And they're like, what's a podcast? I'm like give me your phone i download that stitcher app for him and i i I show my playlist say get these 10 shows put them in your playlist come back to me next week you got some homework to do
0: (laughs) it's true it it changes everything like you and you know you can respond to people you can i don't know like fucking i just use it as an example but um i just recorded a, a first part i hope of a um uh, Luminous Flux. That's our premium, my premium show episode uh, with somebody called Mary Jane Green, and she's uh-huh. uh, a comedy store uh, person. Works with Don Barris on a couple of different podcasts, but like these people, just they, they just are like, okay, you have a show, sure, I'll I'll talk to you. You know, they, I love they it. have no reason to. They're fucking famous, and I'm a dude in my like living room, and uh, they're willing to talk. It's incredible.
1: And I think people enjoy that, just like that uncensored, unfiltered, be able to come on, chit chat with someone. Not these crazy commercial breaks and having to to cater to to cater to a certain audience. You just you're talking, you're getting your words out the way you feel about it, and you also you're getting to go and interview people that you want to interview. I mean, I mean, I love it. I mean, I love podcasts, and me and my friends have been talking about doing the podcast. But listening to you and Rod and Chonilla, and uh you know uh just all the podcasts i see how much work goes into it so when nursing school going on i'm like well i told my friend hell no man you don't you think it's just sitting down and talking in front of a microphone no no nah, <laughs> no nah no <laughs> i couldn't
0: believe it you know and i got i got so lucky because chonilla had listeners for us they yeah. walked us through everything they still do a bunch of stuff for us so you know but like it, fuck, it's crazy you've got to and i gotta apologize
1: shit. to chonilla man because the school i've been falling off and i mean i love chonilla but tastes like fried chicken they, they get a lot of my my free time so, sorry about that guy <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, we appreciate that. It's uh, it's really sweet. I, I pray for the day that I can, uh, you know, and I say pray loosely, but I, I, I can't wait for the day where I can be more consistent with it. That's my big, you know, feeling. Like, I, I just wish I could be more solid.
1: But well, you were saying like your internet connection out there. So what you guys have, you said the three G. So was it just basically like a cellular type
0: internet connection? <laughs> Pretty much. Damn. It's uh, it's, it's dirty. What happens with us is when a bunch of people are all like streaming Netflix at once out mm-hmm. here. There's like, uh, I do electrical. So that involves calm work as well. And I'm almost positive that what it is, is they've got like a t- 10 or 12 year old spur coming off the main. And it's like, uh, it just basically, like you get twelve people streaming Netflix at once and ten people downloading movies. Yes, everybody's got to wait. Done. You know, <laughs> so it's it's like the high traffic times. It gets fucked up. So Saturday night is a great time to record, as far as you know, everybody having pretty much the night off. But mm-hmm. the main disadvantage is sometimes it's just clogged up.
1: I think I said, I definitely understand. Like, because I uh, was at my first time in Iraq. I mean, we had like a satellite set up for our internet, and on on a Saturday when everybody's trying to, you know, talk, call home, or email home, or uh, chat home, oh, you, it's gonna take you about an hour just to download a song. I mean, forget forget trying to do a a Skype conversation. Wow, man.
0: <laughs> okay, so when were you in Iraq?
1: Uh, I was in Iraq two thousand four to two thousand five, and then. Back again, uh, two thousand nine to two thousand
0: ten. Wow! And as a medic,
1: well, on, uh, a medic? actually, I joined the military as a medic. So my first tour was to uh, Bosnia. I, I can't really count that as a tour. It was more like a spring break because I mean it was like rotation <laughs> thirteen. Everything was so built up. I mean, it was it was so lax that we had a post basketball team. They let us go out and like you know play some of the Bosnian, and like European teams and stuff. Wow, it was pretty cool. So I, I, I was attached to a, a mental health unit. So I was a combat medic slash uh, mental health specialist. And I did most of my, spent most of the time doing mental health work. And every once in a while, they need to the backfield. I would go to the ER and uh, do stuff there. But then uh, as my military career progressed and I got up in the ranks, uh, I was primarily a behavioral health specialist. And what happened was the military, I don't want to bore everybody, but the military, they went to a, uh, a thing where it used to be if you when you came in and you did anything medical, you had to have the, the, the basics of a combat medic. And so then they said, well, it's costing too much money. So what they did was they just made it just basically just had medics and then you'd be like an LPN and everybody else just did their own specialty. Right. So when the time came, my unit didn't want to pay for me to go back to recertify as an LPN and also be a mental health specialist. So I just stayed mental health the last, uh, say... Ten years or so of military service.
0: That has got to be an intense job.
1: Uh, lately, I mean, it, it, it's it it has. I mean, it can be boring, but then, I mean, sometimes you find yourself in a in a room with a guy who just you know seen his best friend get shot, and you're you know trying to help him figure it out, trying to you know piece it back together, trying to get him back on track. And I mean, it can it can be tough. It can be tough sometimes. You get to hear all the, the you, you hear a lot of the bad things and you hear a lot of the good things of, of the human experience when deployed.
0: So like I uh, studied anthropology in university. That's the reason I came to uh, Nova Scotia. And uh-huh. I was really interested in physical anthropology and therefore forensics as uh-huh. an actual career. And um, I there were a few things in class that really convinced me that I would not be able to do that job and not take it home. Um, is that something that they train you? Or is that just something you basically have to have?
1: Well, we, I mean, I think uh, the, 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 the joke is like a lot of people in mental health themselves suffer from some, some kind of mental illness or defect. And I think a lot of that sometimes is we are able to not internalize it as much but there's a lot. We do a lot of training. We do a lot of, uh, I guess, battle buddy, self care aid with each other, as far as checking to make sure that guy's okay. And I mean, there's a lot of gallows humor that goes on in those clinics, right. yeah, of course. So that, in its own way, it kind of helps alleviate a lot of things that you hear. I mean, and when, we, when you're there, I mean, some a lot of times what we hear is a lot of home stuff, whether it be spousal abuse, whether it be uh, child abuse, whether it's like. Issues dealing from childhood that came that they're coming up now because you're in a stressed out environment and all those social things you had to help support you. You're now separated from right. and you. So you hear a lot of bad things. And it's just like you, you lean on, you know, I mean, when I was there this last time, uh, I'm, a, I, I'm a staff sergeant, I had another staff sergeant. She was my battle buddy. And we leaned on each other. We talked about, you know, we had tough sessions. We talked about it. And, you know, we processed it. We worked out together. We did a lot of just, you know, talking and reminding ourselves, you know, why we're here and the mission we're here for. I mean, things like that.
0: And what drew you to that in the first place?
1: Uh. In career. I don't. Uh, t- t- to be honest with you, uh, uh, I I got banged up a little bit in college football, and then I kind of like took like six months off from life. <laughs> I just I'm I, I, I was a waiter for a while, yeah. and then I finally got one there, and I just want to get away from everybody. So basically I.
0: Oh, I lost your hair, bud. Hang on a second.
1: I'm home for a year. And mental health, uh, mental health, with the combat medicine was send me away for about, it was about 42 weeks I was gone for training.
0: Okay. Sorry, man. You cut out there uh, oh. right after you got banged up with uh, in college football.
1: Yeah. I, like I said, I took a couple of months off just from 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 life. I was a little sad. It was a thing where I wasn't like my my knee was hurt, and I knew I wasn't going to play NFL. So I was kind of I was a little sad about it. But uh, basically, went to the Mep station, uh, the the military and processing station. Said I, I just wanted something that's going to take me away from Kansas City, take me away from everybody for a little bit. They said, well, you know, here's this training. It lasts about 42 weeks. I said, perfect. So I kind of lucked into it. And then um, from that training, I came back to a reserve unit where they had a colonel there and she was doing some, uh, she was a, a nurse practitioner for this uh, children's behavioral health center. Uh, and I went there and I, I mean, I just kind of fell in love with it as far as just mental health and just really, you know, helping people, uh, you know, so they had to go through some of the things I, 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 I had to go through growing up.
0: Yeah. It's amazing what a, a a good mental health professional can do for you. Like oh, I, yeah. I have mentioned on the show that I have depression issues and stuff with A D D and stuff like that. And you find the right person and it's just like incredible. They really they can really take you out of your your spiral
1: and be like yes.
0: You're fine. You can deal with it. Here's how yep. you deal with it. Yep. You know, and it's uh it's a beautiful thing. It really is.
1: Well my ex wife, she swears I have A D D, so <laughs> <laughs> And to some some extent, I think I do, but I mean, I, I think I just fight it, and I go, no. I just try to concentrate more on things, cause I'm just like no, just to be a stubborn ass. But she she's been telling me for years that something I need to I need to look into. So,
0: <laughs> I mean, if you're functional and uh, and you can handle it, there's like you know th- dietary things you can do that help yes. a lot. And I mean, I'm sure you. Uh, you sound like you exercise regularly, like a, that's a huge thing for that. Yes. But, uh, you know, really don't go with the uh, meds if you don't need them. They're fucking, no. I do not like these meds at all.
1: No, I know a, I know a couple, of, I, know a, I got a couple of uh, guys, a couple of soldiers who are on some medications and it's like, and you can, you can tell how it affects them. So I like, I I work out, I watch my diet lately. I try not to uh, drink as much. because I, I know how that affects me sometimes too. So it's just, I mean, yeah, like you say, you just got to really, it's a lot of just moderation with a lot of things and just, you know, watching you know, your, your levels throughout the day.
0: Yeah, and I know like Chill has has discussed how it worries her that I'm an electrician, which can be mm-hmm. a very dangerous job, obviously. Wow. Um, and I, I get where the concern comes from, but it's also a thing I feel like I double check more than anybody does on a job. And this most recent job we were on, Uh, It was me, another apprentice of the same level, so another third-year apprentice, and a journeyman who is brand new to the union Uh and is very unfamiliar with taking the lead on um, construction decisions. Right. You know what I mean? He's a service guy. He knows how to fix stuff. He knows his shit really well. But he doesn't want to be the guy that figures out how to build this in the best way so that it looks the best and we don't fuck around wasting time building something and then taking it apart because it doesn't work. Right. Right. But that's the sort of shit I've had training with. So, like, I get this, you know, basically, like, uh, you know, shit, I think I lost my train of thought there. Yeah. <laughs> a, hey, absolutely. I want me to
1: laugh. Damn. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going somewhere with it. I was really enjoying that. What were you talking about right before that? You remember?
1: Uh, We were talking, well, we're talking about ADD and just how <laughs> chill, chill worries about you. <laughs> Well, no, That's but I don't, hilarious. I don't know we get that though, because we have well, one of the guys in my unit. Uh, he's a medic, and I mean, like his interpersonal skills are like nah. But I mean, but as far as knowing his job and consistent, but I think a lot of that, and we've talked about it, a lot of his his skill comes from having to repeat things to make it memory because his yeah. mind tends to wander. But I mean, when I mean when we do training exercises and stuff like that. When, when, when the shit pops off, I mean, you may not like the guy, but he's the guy you want there with the band aids and the med and the, and, the, and, the, and the field bag to get you on the stretcher. Because yeah. he's going he's gonna to be pop, pop, pop.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's like that. Exactly. Yeah. That's really fucking funny that I just got lost in the middle of that. <laughs> you that. are a mental health that's professional. Funny. Look at that.
1: Huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, what?
0: Oh, that's funny. Nice. Okay, man. Well, like, that's amazing. I had no idea that you were a veteran.
1: Yes. Yes, sir.
0: And um, so then you got back and basically decided this is what you want to do. And, and now you're working on, you know, being the sergeant in an ER. Like, what, what's your passion as far as uh, specifics uh, I, for nursing?
1: I think I'm, I mean, a lot of my friends, cause I'm sitting at 15 years of service right now. So a lot of my friends are on, like, you know, you should finish your 20. But um, Dad, our last deployment, uh, I don't know, because I know you're in, uh, in Canada. So the last deployment, I don't know if you remember the Fort Hood shooting. My unit was a yeah. part of that, that shooting. Oh, so it's kind of like it's a constant back and forth with one. I don't know if I want to stay in and finish out. I mean, I, I don't know if I'll be... If I'll give my commission or not, but I definitely know civilian side. Uh, I can see myself uh, trying to get into critical care, critical care of nursing. And
0: what is that specifically?
1: Uh, more like your uh, your uh, ER work. There we go. I'm sorry.
0: Oh yeah, no worries. That's uh, that's gotta be intense.
1: Oh uh, yeah, but I think but I, but all my rotations. I mean, uh, mass surge is cool. But and I mean sometimes you do get interesting patients, but I think with the ER just I mean it, it first you gotta get a little experience, but once you get in there you see such a variety of of uh patients and cases and, and, and it's always something you gotta learn and always some new technique and always something that, that's really pulling at you to really dig in deep. So I think I would like that. I would like that challenge.
0: Yeah, I can see that. That's yeah. Yeah, that like for me work variety is, is huge.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Wow, man, that's crazy. That is a serious fucking job. That's really interesting.
1: Um, I, but I, I mean, I'm nervous. Like my, uh, I mean, because it's just like I said, one more semester, and then uh, we take the NCLEX, which is the national examination, and it's just like it's gonna be, uh, you know, uh, Roger Winston RN. It's all on you, uh, good buddy. It's like <laughs> wow, no, no more turnaround for the instructor. Like, hey, so this is how I do it, right? So, so I'm yeah. a little nervous about, it, but I'll be all right.
0: Well, yeah, I got a similar sort of thing with, with, you know, getting my electrical ticket, being the journeyman there, running stuff. (sighs) Scary. (laughs)
1: Hey, hey, congrats on that, too. I remember you were, yeah, because one show you were talking about, like, you know, uh, going to school and then working full time. I mean, I definitely, definitely feel that. Uh, Working working full time, going to school, and then being, like, four hours away from my kids. So, So trying to figure out a way to get back and forth and see them, you know, at least once or twice a week. I mean, I, I just, it, it can be sometimes. I just I don't. I mean, I just come home and just like lay on the floor and go to sleep.
0: <laughs> Man, that's yeah, that's that's nuts. I'm I'm lucky in that I've been able to, you know, barely manage it, but not having to actually work while I'm going to school. Like, right? I've uh, I did that. Like, we have basically an online version of school we can do. Right. That to me is just this huge scam. They they put all the shit in there like. I, I finally ended up going to school after I just could not uh, work on this stuff. And uh-huh. all the stuff that stumped me, never talked about it. Never yeah. once, never never brought it up, never went anywhere near it. And so obviously they're wasting your time with it and whatever. Anyway, I needed a teacher for this shit. It's too much math. It's too much calculations and theory yes. that's just like, holy fuck, it's so complicated. So much algebra, <laughs> you know, trigonometry. I, ha- I got a 50 in trigonometry because the girl that I sat next to and I decided to harass because there's only the one trig teacher from wow. that school. So we decided to make her life so hard that she had to pass us so she wouldn't yes. have to have us the next semester. That's <laughs> how I got through that. Like I didn't learn anything and here I am fucking having to learn it now. That whole time just like kicking my you know 13 year old self. There you
1: go. Yeah. Hey, you hear that kids out there in America? You need your fucking math it is fucking useful sometimes it's horrible but it is and and, and like i'm the same way it's like uh high school i didn't really pay attention and we're not no we're not doing trig or anything like that but when you know you got to do drip calculations you got to do heparin weight-based calculations so you know you got to have a little bit of algebra knowledge ratio knowledge and stuff like that so yeah sure yeah so if you know you know because if you don't do the, you know, the, the correct calculation and you give somebody, you know, 24 grams instead of 24 milligrams, eh, somebody's <laughs> going to die. Yeah, <laughs> quickly.
0: Well, that makes me wonder. So um, when my first was born, we were in the NICU for a long time. And uh-huh. I remember my wife was breastfeeding him, but had an IV. Uh-huh. And I looked over at the IV hose and there's a big honking bubble in it. Like a oh. big air bubble. And I said to the nurse, that's an air bubble, isn't it? And she said, yeah. I said, that shouldn't be in her IV line, should it? She said, um, probably not. And didn't do anything about it? I said, well, can we fix that? She said, okay, fine. Is that something that could be an issue?
1: Uh, I mean, yes. I mean, depending on the size of the air bubble, uh, yeah, it could be an issue. So it depends on the size of it. You definitely don't want air in those lines. And normally uh, the pumps will prime it, which means they'll, they'll push the fluid through uh, prior to them putting it on that saline lock to right. get those air bubbles out. Or the nurse should be priming it. That, yeah, that shouldn't be, that there shouldn't be any air bubbles. Uh, it's about the, a
0: half inch long, you
1: know. Okay, that's not, yeah. Cool, cool. Was it like a, was there a pump or was it just like a, a just like a drip? was a drip?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, they should have been. They should. They should have primed. What? They should have primed that line before they put that into that sailing line. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. Like with with medicine, a lot of people don't realize you gotta be watching out. Like, yes. as, as much as medical technology can help people, it can also hurt them, and you you have to watch out for yourself. There's no yeah. way around it. Those people work hard for very long hours and make mm-hmm. mistakes like anybody else.
1: They do. And they get tired, and they. Things become redundant, and, uh, you know, if you're seeing, like, especially, like, if you're, you know, you're working on a certain floor, you're seeing the same type of patient, you know, you forget the little steps, and, I mean, that's when people get hurt. That's when people die, you yeah,
0: know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. my first was, um, you know, he had a really bad bacterial infection that we didn't know about, uh-huh. so I was really concerned about him sleeping too much. And every, you know, everybody, all the doctors, everybody came and saying, yeah, the baby's sleep. Don't worry. You're just a first-time parent. I was like yeah, but they don't always sleep. Like they wake up.
1: Yeah, no. yeah they wake up. They, wake, <laughs> you know? they, they tend to wake up when they're hungry.
0: And I was just <laughs> losing it in the middle of the night, saying like, "This is not right." And I got the right nurse. She yeah. had checked him. She was like, "Get this baby to the NICU right now. He's dying." And if she hadn't been there in the middle of the night, he wouldn't be here now. You know That's what I mean? Really- like it's it's amazing, and people don't know enough that you got a question and you got to be respectful but you've yeah. also got to be 100 percent present for your own care
1: yeah, yeah. And that's i mean that's why i tell people all the time that's why it's called you know it's a medical practice or the stuff or medical science or the study of medicine that means that we're still learning there's nothing set in stone uh just because your temperature is you know 99.9 it's right below 100 doesn't mean that you don't have an infection i mean if you're still feeling these other symptoms ask questions, say, well, yeah, my temperature is low, but I'm having constant headaches, but I'm always vomiting, but I haven't eaten in three days, Uh, you know, just little things. People just say, you really got to ask questions, you really got to ask questions, and if you, you know, if a doctor, and I remember my one, the one instructor I had, he says if, and if your physician or your nurse, they come in there, and within the first two or three minutes, they don't have their hands on you, touching your skin, feeling your temperature, you need to get a new doctor. Hmm. You need to ask for another doctor because how can they fully assess you if they haven't put hands on you? Is that right? Oh, yeah. Huh.
0: Yeah, I never thought of that.
1: I mean, how how do I know your? How do I... I mean, the the thermometer, it it tells me one thing, but feeling your cold, clammy skin rather than taking your temperature tells me something... tells me a story. Feeling if you have a bounding pulse rather than just taking the the, the numbers off a machine tells me something different. If I don't put my hands on you, if I don't flash some lights in your eyes... How can I fully assess you?
0: Yeah. And I mean, most machines are not reliable. Like they just, by the nature of electricity and the way that things work, you can only be so reliable. Like for us, like if you're using a voltage meter to test something serious, you Mm -hmm. always check the machine first. You have to. You have to double check, make sure that thing's working right, and then you put it on your high voltage source or whatever.
1: Yeah. Our nurse instructor always says, so did you do that? Did you do that by uh, by hand, or did you use the uh, non-attap machine? You know, like we using the machine. No, you need to go back and do that by hand. You know when that machine was calibrated last? No. Okay. Well, go do it by hand. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. You, get, you, get, you got. I mean, and we just get, get so trusting on these machines. You know, we, we forget to you know the little things, how to do a, a proper blood pressure reading using the uh, you know using the cup and the stethoscope. You know. Yeah.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And so like uh it seems like US Army medics got to be one of the top uh training, you know, um backgrounds to come from in terms of cuz like the the numbers you guys get in your recent wars as far as like saving people is insane. It's really gone through the roof in the last how many like 10 years like that's oh, yeah. got to be incredible training for the civilian world. Are you are you still Going like, do you still want to stay with the military, or like, have you really decided about that yet?
1: I guess, like I said, because of the four hood thing, I mean, I really, I really don't know. Uh, so I got a few more years left on this uh, last contract, and then we'll go from there. I mean, because the thing is, if I stay in, and I could stay as an NCO, but it, it becomes silly if I have a, a professional degree not to get my commission. And then once you get that commission, I mean, the army can just, you know, pretty much keep you as long as they want.
0: That's your, they own your ass at that point, right?
1: Pretty much. I mean, you you can always uh, resign your commission, but I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's other options, but like I said, once it just it just when it comes that time, how I feel about the army, and then they're doing all they're trying to do a lot of cutbacks, they're trying to downsize the force. There's a lot of changes is coming about, so I mean, it, it happens every time. You know, it's a, it's a cycle in the military where they, at first, like doing the when they the war first started in uh with Iraq and Afghanistan war, all these bonuses, all these they're trying to get all these numbers up, and now the war is kind of dwindling down. You know, per se, uh, they're trying to decrease the size of the force, so a lot of the bonuses, a lot of the incentives to stay in are kind of going away.
0: Right. Wow. And like when you say your unit was involved in Fort Hood, what did that mean for you specifically?
1: Oh, uh, for me, I was uh in the room and I had to testify at the for the actual trial and actual shooting. Wow. Man,
0: fuck. Sorry to hear that.
1: Eh, I mean i guess for a while it for a while I had some issues, but I mean, uh, helped my family, friends, and uh, you know, some good therapy, got through it.
0: It is amazing what people can do. Fuck. Wow. Does that uh like is that something that the military deals with well or is that like a you know what I mean like is that
1: I think it's one of those things where they kind of especially like the units and the personnel uh including myself and there was a few soldiers in my unit who were who were uh shot uh I mean they kind of Overdid it at first, but then at the same time, they didn't know what to do because it's like you have to admit that, you know, you you had this person in your ranks, you know, that did this horrible thing, you know. So it's kind of like this thing of trying to keep the army looking good or the military looking good while at the same time, you know, trying to say this bad thing happened in the military. So people got good care, but I think they could have got a little better care. Right.
0: With your mental health background, was that something that they were like, you were sort of particularly uh, looked to? Do you know what I mean? Like, people were looking to you for answers? um,
1: I think that they they were more surprised by our response because our response was, you know, they wanted to send our unit home and say, okay, well, you don't go on the mission. And they were like, we were like, no, you know, things happen, people get shot. Soldiers die. It just so happened that we had soldiers in our unit die at Fort Hood. The mission goes on, and I think they really didn't know how to deal with that response. I think right.
0: That's yeah. yeah that's amazing.
1: Yeah, and 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 also us being mental health, I think it also kind of they didn't really know. They knew that we knew the game per se, but at the same point in time. This was something that's, that 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 hasn't happened. So it was like they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do, and our unit also has. So uh, like I said, I know you're in Canada, but that yeah. same year, 2000, uh, Nine, 2009, the we had a, the shooting at uh, in a uh, it was in Iraq. I forget what camp it was, but we had a uh, Major Hasil. He was uh, one of our soldiers. Also, he was killed. So the 19 wa was like in a way involved in two of these shootings uh, by military personnel on their own personnel and so they just didn't know what to I guess like it was just a bad year for us so they, they just really didn't know what to do with us.
0: It's a very unique situation right like that's never really happened before right, yeah. right. Wow man that's intense um, yeah
1: it, it was it was pretty intense but we like I said we got through it and I think I think that us being mental health, it kind of helped also cuz we knew what to look for and we had we knew some we knew soldiers that weren't going to be able to make it through a year deployment so we were able to you know give them a means to you know get back home and not feel ashamed about not being able to go on the mission so i mean i, I think us being mental health really really helped us in the long run getting through our deployment successfully
0: yeah uh, that like the fact that the guy was a psychiatrist and all that has to be fucking an extra level of shitty on that.
1: Yeah, and he was scheduled because uh, what happened was we had the 1908, uh, which was our unit. I think it was the 467th, was our sister unit. We were supposed to go as a company to Iraq. And then when we got to Fort Hood, they separated us. And so they were supposed to go to Afghanistan. We were going to Iraq. And he was supposed to go with one of our units. Yeah. So, it, I mean, that just added a whole nother, like, wow. So what happens when we get to Iraq? He would decide to do that. So, it, I mean, it was just all... Well, we we, we kind of had to put those what ifs aside and just get on with the mission. But yeah, yeah long story short, he was he was there that day to go through processing because he was he was he was set to to deploy one of our either the 1908th my unit or the 467th our sister unit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. Fuck, man. You've seen a few things already. So uh, do you mind me asking how old you are? I'm 36. Wow. Fuck. I'm 35. You make me feel like I've sort of been slacking here.
1: Oh no! I've been, oh, yes. oh, if you come see my, like, I got a sister, my uh, my baby sister Sylvia. I don't know if she's listening, but love you. She's a lawyer up in Chicago. She's making big money. I got another sister. She's working, uh, Misha. She's over in Denver. She's making money as a as an advertisement agent. Now here I am, lonely staff sergeant in the army, struggling through nursing school. So no, you you're not slacking at all. <laughs>
0: Man, well, I did do the, you know, sort of classic white privilege trust fund thing of uh, spending, you know, five years on a completely useless uh, liberal arts degree that I have to say, I mean, you know, useless may not be the right word for it. I think because of it, I'm able to word emails to people I don't know to get them on my show, which is nice. You know, what uh-huh. I mean? like that's a useful skill I gained for my anthropology degree. Yeah. But uh, generally, yeah, total waste of time.
1: Hey, and I, and I spent most of my uh, adult life chasing pussy, so hey. <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> well, speaking of that, what's your uh, sort of relationship status, if you're uh, cool to talk about it?
1: Uh, I am currently a divorce, just recently divorced, actually. Oh, fuck so I've been I've been married twice and, and failed twice. There we go.
0: Yeah. Uh, sorry to hear that.
1: Yeah, it's, all, it's all right. I think that I figured out it's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, i it's not, a, it's I'm a, not good it, at it. It's
0: a strange thing that it's considered like the default. Like, it uh-huh. should be the opposite of the default. Like, it should be like, if you're willing to do this, 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 and this, you know, yeah. you know, if you're willing, like, that should not be the basic thing that everybody's pressured towards. And then, you know, you're a weirdo if it doesn't happen. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Marriage is fucked that way.
1: I think I pressured myself into it, kind of like, oh, I think this is the thing that's a supposed to be. this thing I'm supposed to do. I'm, you know, I'm 30 plus years old. I I need a mate. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, people who are married and I see old couples holding hands. I love it. I love love. Don't get me wrong, but I just, marriage is not for me. So, I mean, yeah, but I I think I pressured myself into it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like marriage is one of those things that if, if it, uh, if it's just the thing that makes sense, Mm-hmm. That's the only time it should ever happen. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, if your if your relationship is such that it's like this is just 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 logical, yeah. You know, then then that's fine. But like, ah, oh, it's fucked up all the societal pressure and shit around marriage. And I have to say, like, with this Utah thing, I don't know if you're you, you've probably heard about it where they oh, yeah. accidentally allowed gay marriage. <laughs>
1: accidentally,
0: that's awesome, man.
1: I mean, and
0: you forgot to file it.
1: Yeah, it's just like. And like I said, I mean, you know, self disclosure. I'm an atheist, so I mean, if you want, if you love someone, you want to get married by all means. I mean, let it happen. Let yeah. it happen. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I got a lot of friends who are oh man, the gays and all this stuff shouldn't be doing that, and I'm just like, why? <laughs> we as heterosexuals aren't doing a very fucking good job at it. Yeah. You know, so. And to
0: me, like the idea that somehow religions that have been around for like 2000 years and don't get me wrong, I'm not a hater. I have a lot of respect for Christianity, we have oh, yeah. a lot of Christian listeners, and I totally respect it. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a lot of. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I, 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 won't, back, I won't go on about when it comes to that. So I, I totally respect it. Raising the church. But it's just something that I don't. I,
0: yeah. I,
1: I've never felt, but I don't disrespect people. Your your belief is your belief. Whatever gets you through today. Exactly. I'm a firm believer in that.
0: And and to me, you know, the idea that these religions that have been around for a few thousand years own marriage. It's so crazy to me. Like, come on, man. Pagans got married. Yes. Romans got married. Yes. Marriage has been around for way longer than any religion. You guys don't have the fucking monopoly. I'm sorry. Like oh. you can make your own marriages whatever the fuck you want. But government wise, you guys don't have a leg to stand on. It's not it's not your fucking thing. Most Christian marriage rituals actually come from pagan Roman rituals. Yes. The exchanging the ring, carrying over the step, like there's uh, wearing white, the, the fucking veil there's just so many things that come from pre-Christian culture and it's, yeah it's frustrating yeah. to hear all these people act as if it's like, well, religion means you can't get married. Well, no, it means your Christian followers can't get married.
1: Yeah. You guys don't want we, them
0: to get married? That's your fucking business.
1: Yeah, so what about the back end of them? It also means you're not supposed to get divorced. You're supposed to have yeah, 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 yeah. permission for that. So we're not going to talk about that, though. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Whatever
0: comic it was that said that. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about uh, making marriage legal, just make divorce illegal.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> no one will get married. What, what about those again? other pages in the Bible that, that talk about that? We won't, yeah, we won't talk about that,
0: though. Uh, yeah, and of course, there's that whole thing about, you know, most of the definition is based on Leviticus, and that also calls for you to burn an ox yeah, uh, because the smell uh, pleases God and also to smite your neighbors should they uh, be adulterous and all that sort of thing, so, you know.
1: Correct. Yeah, like I, yeah and, yeah, I, like I said, I don't, I, I try to stick because then, like, people, then you get to, where oh, you're just an atheist, you don't like religion, you don't like God, and I'm like, no, but when you when you're trying to keep people, you know, the right to 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 show the world they love each other, I, I can't I cannot agree with that. Yeah, and I will use whatever limited knowledge I have of your religion or your faith or whatever the hell you're talking to me about to call you a fucking idiot. <laughs> I
0: mean, that's it. Yeah. And the Bible was used to justify owning people. You
1: know. I know. We we I was at dr- we had a drill, and there was a soldier who was like of the whole, uh the whole with the Phil Robertson, Rob, Rob, I, I taint that fuck. This is the guy, whatever. <laughs> he's case, like, yeah. well, he's like, well, God doesn't like homosexuality. I'm like, where the fuck in the Bible does it say God does not like homosexuality? I said, you know what? God doesn't like adultery, so we'll start punching these motherfuckers in the face. Yeah. I know for sure it says that in the Bible. Yeah, I said, but some. I said, show me in the Bible where it says that, but it's not something where I have to interpret something or use my own belief system to say, well, kind of, sort of, I come to this conclusion that this is what God meant. Bullshit.
0: And I have to say, anybody who has to comment about homosexuality and the very first thing they want to talk about is the male asshole, you have issues. You're not really talking about what you think about other people. You're talking yeah. about yourself. <laughs> like yeah. the butthole like, is the first thing you want to talk about in this fucking interview for GQ or whatever the hell it was. Like, dude, come on. You got to do some yeah. soul searching. Maybe go out duck hunting with a couple of you know, yeah, but- uh, you know, like-minded buddies. Do
1: some skiing, whatever. You know. Yeah. And that, I mean, that whole thing was just a fucking ploy to get more ratings and get. It's just more division for, for us as a, as a society to get tied up in while some other bullshit's going on we should be worried about. Yeah. And it's like, man, that dude's a fucking millionaire. 50, 50 times over, he give a shit less who's getting married to who, but he's going he's gonna to talk down to the lowest denominator of our society just to boost his ratings, and you assholes are going to fight over it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's amazing how that works now.
1: Yeah. Like it really is. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm, yeah, I just, yeah. Sorry. I just, when people just, if they try to, yeah, it's like, come on, man, let that, that, that just let people live long. You know, as long as they ain't doing pissing on kids, fucking kids, raping women, yeah. beating each other or fucking with my money or my kids, I could give a shit less what they do.
0: Yeah. Or, <laughs> or trying to make other people agree with their beliefs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, extent, right? you have
0: how many little ones?
1: I have four little ones. I have a 15-year-old boy, Ahmad, uh, uh, my 13-year-old daughter, Zakia, and my twins who are nine, uh, Yasir and Xavier.
0: So your first at 21 must have been a thing.
1: Uh yeah, I was a shit dad. I'll admit that. 21, didn't know shit about it, uh, was not ready. Um, but I mean over time and my my mom's help, uh, my sister's help, and just some good friends gotten a lot better at it i mean got a lot better i mean still a lot to learn uh especially with my daughter uh but yeah like i said 21 yeah was not was not ready
0: (laughs) i'm really glad i uh was able to wait past that man i was such an idiot i I feel like i still am you know and i was at 32 but i'm i'm really glad that that's that's the point i started on it was it like um uh because i'm like it's the fucking hardest job in the world like to me, if if you want to be, if you want to be present and you mm-hmm. want to be as, as good at it as you can be, like I've been finding, you know, especially lately, we've got a, um, you know, a three-year-old and a five-year-old, just how hard it is for me to, to be as good at this as I want to be. Do you know what it's, I mean? Like that's. It's,
1: it's definitely hard. I mean, and like, and this is, for me, this is the first time, except for deployments, of course, this is the first time I've been. Uh, this far away from my children for this long of time. I mean, I mean, but it is for school and stuff, and I mean, it's hard. I mean, because I want to be there. My daughter, she's starting to play basketball. She has, she you know, she has questions for me. My the, the the real little ones, they're coming to that age now where they want to do sports and they want dad there. And I mean, it 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 is hard, especially because I want to be there. And yeah, you know, you, you you pay money, you pay for things, but you know, at the end of the day, the kids just want you there. You know, they, yeah, won't look in the, they won't look in the crowd and see you with the goofy smile and the fucking camera. That's all they want. Yeah, you know? Yeah. totally. How old's your daughter? She's 13. Yeah. 13, wow. but she, she's like, she's like she, looks, she looks 18, and I hate
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was going to say, hate, like, hate it. oh, man, I'm, I'm already, like, mine's not, yeah, like I said, like, not even three yet. And at daycare, she had this, like, fan club of the four-year-old boys that would just bug her all the time. Mm-hmm. She's she's really cute, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, holy fuck! Talk about terrifying.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I mean, like it in it, like. Well, it didn't hit me until I think I t- I took a picture. Of we, was, we we went on a father daughter date or something. We do that every once in a while. And she was all dressed up. I had a suit on, and I put the picture up on Facebook or whatever. And somebody was like, "Man, who's that woman? You know, in that picture with you?" I'm like, "Motherfucker, that's my daughter, man!" What? He's like, "Oh, oh, oh." oh. Oh, my bad. I'm like, yeah, man. Take all that lust out your eyes, sir.
0: (laughs) Delete that picture from your your computer right now.
1: I will come and burn everything down that you own. (laughs) Fuck
0: that. (laughs) Oh, man. Because you want them to be prepared. You know what I mean? You want them to be badass and able to defend themselves. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, Jesus Christ, you want to protect them from everything.
1: You want to. And at the same time, you realize that. You know, because, you know, we've been there, we're, adult, you know, we're adults, middle-aged men, and we realize that bad things are going to happen and we can't protect them from it, but we just, all we can do is try to prepare them and give them, you know, a good framework, a good foundation to be able to deal with all that bullshit that's going to happen. Yes. Especially being a, I mean, she is, she's 13, I think she's had like two B's all throughout her schooling, whatever that means for a 13-year-old whatever, just, she's pretty smart and she took the ACT uh, last year at 12 and scored a 21 on it. I mean, so she's doing pretty fucking well. Nice. And it's like, it's like, it's just she's smart kid, and you just want her to stay on track. And being a young black female, it's like, you know, the world's gonna, it's gonna push upon her and beat upon her. But I just try to do my best to just like, you gotta stay at it. You gotta keep at it. Do not you. You write down what you want to do and you do it.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. It's it, it, like I've been wanting to um, start eating a lot more game meat just because I think it's a lot more healthy, and I I love the taste of deer meat,
1: goose uh-huh.
0: meat. oh, I'd way rather eat that than beef. But I also want like there's this there's this cheesy country song, and I'm not a I'm not a new country fan at all, but I really like the chorus. Is something about you know this guy talking to a, another guy who's taking out his girl saying like, Oh yeah, we love her. You know, we think a lot about her. Don't, uh, don't worry about anything. You guys go out, have fun. I'll just be sitting here uh, waiting up, cleaning my gun. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I want that. I want to just be like, yep, no, nope, Enjoy. Yep. Yep, this is a 30-odd-six. It's got a range of 300 meters, and I know where you live. That's correct. Yep. Yep.
1: All right. (laughs) I think uh, somebody put – it was one of those bullshit Facebook posts, but I liked it it because I guess it was like the guy, the the, the, the young man came to the door, and the father threw a bullet at him, and the kid catches it. He said, after 10 o'clock, it's going to be coming a lot faster. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes, I need that on a (laughs) T-shirt.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is scary, but it's also awesome. Like it's amazing oh. to be the light of a little girl's eyes. Oh
1: you yes, I mean, you know and, what I mean, yeah, and she is she is a daddy's girl. When I and yeah, I yeah, yeah, she, me, and her. Uh, I mean, I hate to admit it, cause with the little ones, I've been deployed uh, in here. But when she was born, I mean. Like, every morning, because her mom would go to work, and it was me and her, because I worked in the evening, so it would be me and her during the daytime, and, I mean, so she's like, we're the closest of my children, and I mean, it really, it kinda, it, it really shows, but I think also because she's, she's my daughter, she's my girl, and I'm just like, I'm always telling, even the youngest boys, you got to protect your sister, you got to protect your sister, you know, you got to watch out for her, you know, so, I, I, yeah, I'm biased, I'm sorry, you know, but it's my daughter, shit. <laughs>
0: You got to be like that, man. Like I've been, uh, about, I don't know, I think it was about two months before Christmas last year, I decided I'm going to get ambitious cause I was laid off and build her a doll house. Uh-huh. I found this fucking plan on the internet. Oh, you know, it says it's only 50 hours, whatever. I get all the tools. I get all the fucking lumber. And right now I'm, I'm finishing the roof, uh, I got fucking I gotta sand off all the paint I put on it because it looks like shit, and and then refinish it. And then I got that done. And I looked at the prices for dollhouse furniture. Mm -hmm. So now I'm also learning how to carve.
1: (laughs) Well, well, my daughter she didn't go to the dollhouse phase. She's in the uh, computers and creating powerpoints uh, and shit like that phase. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm like, wow. I bought this little computer and she made like some. PowerPoint with all the family's pictures on it, and she's always doing stuff like that on the computer. I'm like, hey, you got it. We <laughs> need some more RAM, just let me know. I'll go out and buy another chip.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I had been a computer nerd.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I, I probably, yeah, I probably make, make a little bit more money. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's amazing thinking about that now, right? Like back then when the, you know, the uh, modem sound
1: indicated the internet, everybody
0: was using it was a geek. You like, yeah. Oh,
1: I don't well, fuck around with that. I was trying to tell the kids about that, cause about my, my, my kids, because, you know, we got Wi Fi and all this stuff now. And I'm talking about, no, I'm talking about where you had to let people know do not pick up the phone. Because yeah, you exactly. will turn off the connection. <laughs> They're like, what?
0: That's right. I forgot about that.
1: It would ring anyway sometimes, though. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. And yeah. It like, it like your cell phone? I'm like, no, 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 no. No, no. House phone. The house house phone. phone. There were no cell phones. <laughs> there were no cell phones. Right
0: in the middle of your two-hour-long download, somebody pick up the phone and be like,
1: oh, no. I'm just, I'm just trying to download this one JPEG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just one picture.
0: <laughs> <There we go. laughs> like, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Hell Uh-oh>. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, oh man so funny yeah i was trying to explain to my kid about how you used to have to just watch whatever was on uh-huh. like the show you'd have to know what time the show was coming on yeah come home watch yes. it at that time or you couldn't see it yeah he just could not understand what the fuck i was talking about it was really funny
1: yes yeah yeah and then like you know tv used to, i mean that I hate to say, it, I mean, it came. I was in that in between age. You were too, where the TV went off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like a couple of years later, we finally got a cable box, and the TV always stayed on. But yeah. for a while there, it was like, boop, like yeah. the little, the little, the little broadcast lines, hey, It's time
0: to go to bed. Well, I remember really clearly the first time my parents ever rented a VCR. Mm-hmm. They rented a VCR from Canadian Tire, which you guys won't know, but is a funny fucking image now and um, basically, okay, what did they get? They got The Three Amigos, Ooh, brand new, classic. hot off the shelves. They Plastic. got Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and they got Baby, the movie about uh, like finding a dinosaur still alive in the rainforest. I like, think I remember that shit. <laughs> I oh, fucking loved it so much, man. <laughs> it was this big, you know, plastic or foam, foam baby diplodocus that they fall in love with and have an adventure with, and finally they get it to its mother or whatever. Oh, awesome!
1: <laughs> yeah. In the BCR shit, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. I, I tried, yeah. The kids, they just, yeah. What, I mean, but I'm, I'm glad for technology. they yeah. Amen? Shit.
0: <laughs> I love it, man. Like I, I love living in the future. I cannot believe how cool it is to be able to interact with people that you you know run into and and all that shit. Like, yeah,
1: it's yeah. awesome. Yes, exactly.
0: So I um, wouldn't normally do this, but since you're such a like uh, ardent supporter and are just like like one of the like people that almost always tweets about the show and stuff, I will actually offer to do an Ebonic colonic without chill. Okay. Now, I, I do I hope, not I I do. in all any right. way want to pressure you into this because it's hideously embarrassing for me as a sensitive white guy and as a hip-hop lover that I even do this segment at all. So I'm totally willing to back out of it if you're not cool with it. Oh, no, I,
1: just, I, I hope I can just decipher it correctly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, the first thing I wanted to start out with is is sort of more of a, like a language thing. And it's something that really interests me. It's interests me, like, what? Is, um, how does it work as a black person with the uh, appropriation of terms like, you know, word back in the nineties or for a minute or, uh, you know, feel some kind of way, those sort of terms that are clearly not white, but then become used by white people. Like, is there a stage where that becomes not cool to say anymore?
1: Uh. Uh, Maybe not. I mean, because I mean, the old heads probably use some terms like that still. But I think, I mean, like you said, I mean, the the language and the slang is always evolving. So it's like, I think, uh, not to say my my white counterparts are slow on the uptake, but sometimes you guys are a little bit behind.
0: (laughs) Well, we feel like there's like a, a waiting period. Like you hear something cool, the black people say, you cannot be the first guy that starts saying that. That's I mean, not cool. You got the only
1: white guy in that in that group of black guys that you know that, that are slinging dope on the corner. Then yeah, you are the hardest <laughs> white guy you know in the city as a uh, you know <laughs> who that. Exactly. David Chappelle would say.
0: <laughs> and but, you don't uh, you don't want to be seen to be pretending to be that guy, so you can't start saying it first. But you're like, oh, I can't wait to start saying that one. I know that, but, you know. that's
1: a good one. That's a good one. That's and
0: then, a good one. yeah. And uh, then a week or two later, everybody's saying, yeah, I've been doing that for a minute. And You're like, okay, I'm good. I can start saying <laughs> that now. Okay.
1: Yeah, so, damn, I, I ain't heard it for a minute in a while. That's uh. Well, I mean, but it always comes back around because you know you it just like uh. Who I had a friend and we were on uh not we were texting or something and I was like cool cool you know black folks like cool 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 and but she heard it in her her I guess I said her white tone like cool you know she's like I didn't know black folks were still saying that like you said, we had the we, you know we got meetings every fucking month and we allow certain words and we just don't let white people know about this stuff and she was like oh well I'm gonna go ask somebody I'm like duh the first thing about the all negro meeting is you don't talk about the fucking all negro meeting come on now
0: <laughs> so See, i
1: knew it i knew it because it, it absolutely feels that way from our
0: perspective it'll be just like one day nobody was saying that shit's cray and then the next day everybody's saying it and you're like shit what cray. the fuck how would i miss that
1: i mean but it's just what the we're talking about technology and i think with because a lot of the slang comes from you know from the music and, and the music is from all these different regions and now with the internet and downloads and mix and the you know and, and the mixtapes are uploaded instantly all that slang all that language is just out there and we're all connecting to it so I mean I think I think that's why it's just it's just constantly always evolving into something new
0: yeah yeah uh, no to me it's 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 always really funny do you guys get like the the black guy who's not? Up on it, like he just doesn't have a, a radar for that, and and uh, talks like a white dude. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm, I, I, I hate to say talks like a white. I'm just saying though, but yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Not like not like um in a stereotypical way, but like you know, he's, yeah, is
1: behind. You know what I, I mean? Feel you. I feel you. it's there's always some brothers like that. It's uh-huh. always it's always some brothers like that. They still, you know, yeah, listening to you know DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince <laughs> CD and shit. You know. I mean, it's always some brothers out yeah. there. Like that.
0: Well, see, <laughs> as like a white guy, I, I want to know that so that I can uh, comfort myself at night when I'm going to sleep, imagining Le- trying to compete with LeBron James or something. You know, uh-huh. I was got to be like, oh, well, there's a couple of them out there that are. I mean, but close to as dorky as me.
1: Well, because of the reasons, though. Sometimes, you know, you go to certain places and you just won't know what in the fuck they're saying. Yeah. I mean, no matter if you, yeah. you know, even black people sometimes like, well, well, what? I, come on, oh, <laughs> and then. Well, but that's not even slang. That's just being country, you know, so whatever. Yeah. yeah. We get that
0: too, like the the Newfoundlanders or the yeah. uh, the Cape Bretoners. Like the Newfoundlanders are the best because they, they were actually a separate country until the 50s, like 1952. They uh-huh. didn't join Canada until, yeah, you know, less than, not even 100 years ago. So they still have this really unique culture uh-huh. and they'll have all, all sorts of awesome expressions like, uh, I'd slap it aboard to her. What? Okay. I would slap it aboard of her. So like, aboard of a ship, you know, like I'm gonna get aboard something, and like you pick a fish out of the water, you slap it aboard the ship, right? Okay. So you know, talking about Ah, a chick that he likes, he'd slap it aboard of her right quick.
1: I'd be so lost. I'd be like, that's where you just go, uh-huh. And you just shake your head and hope they don't ask for clarification.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's awesome, man. Like, I I I am a big Newfoundland fan. There's some of the funniest Canadians too, in general.
1: Like, so like the brothers right. down the brothers down south, I love them because like uh well, not even the brothers, like some of my uh white friends in the military. I went down there for some training and we were in uh Mississippi, and this guy. Uh, it was a National Guard training base, so he, lived, he His family lived off post, and he kept saying, "When we graduate, Diddy to come and bring some bird. He kept saying, <laughs> "Diddy, Diddy, Diddy, Diddy." I'm like, "Man, finally!" I'm like, "Man, who the fuck is Diddy?" He's like, "My Diddy, my Diddy." Oh, yo, Daddy! <laughs> Holy shit! I, <laughs> I'm like, all this time, I thought you was talking about some random motherfuckers gonna be bringing us beer at the party. You <laughs> talking about his Diddy? So. Uh, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> shit like that but i love it that's why i love the military you just meet so many people so many like la- i mean it's the same language we're all speaking the same language but it just sounds so different it's, it's beautiful
0: yeah yeah it's it's a cool thing man for sure all right so i will butcher some lyrics and um just because like i am me i have just discovered biggie Ooh. recently yeah yeah i'm a little behind chill is laughing her ass off at me
1: biggie is timeless though
0: the guy is like i did not realize what a tragedy it was that he died when he did yeah i I really didn't like last night i because i i was listening to life after death and then i just dug into uh ready to die last night and i was looking on wikipedia and he's like what three studio albums Oh, fuck, you know? The guy's so fucking slick, and there's no learning curve. Like, he's just incredible right away. So, mm-hmm. you know, with that said, um, this now. is from Mo Money, Mo Problems. And And okay. um, I'll just start it chronologically. Uh, this is Mays' verse. Okay. And, uh, and it gets stuck in my head constantly, but I have no fucking idea what he's saying. So it goes... You tell me who flopped, who copped the blue drop, who jewels got robbed, who's mostly goldy down to the tube sock. Same old pimp, mace, you know, ain't nothing changed but my limp. Can't stop till I see my name on a blimp. So obviously name on a blimp, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, you tell me who flopped, who copped the blue drop.
1: Uh, I think the blue drop, I think that's like a, uh, damn, I want to say that's like a type of car. Okay. I want to say that.
0: Okay, and so who Jules got robbed? Obviously, he's not talking about himself.
1: Uh, I think during that time, they had something come up with people. Because, you know, back in the day, it was, it was a big thing to snatch the chains sure. and all that shit like that in the hip-hop community because everybody was flashing and flossing. I mean, we still do, but it was a big thing to snatch people's chains and, you know, you know let everybody know you, you, you ran up on somebody and snatched their chain. Right, right, so right. So I'm thinking that's what he's saying.
0: Okay, and so who's mostly Goldie down to the tube sock? Is that like people hiding jewels in their tube socks? No, I think he's just saying he's just, he just fly. He,
1: he just, just got it all the way yeah, down. He's wearing fucking
0: gold on his tube socks. Okay, damn.
1: Yeah, if you think about it, because I remember, because he had, uh, I don't know you know about Mace, but he had no. a few albums before that. Yeah. And so people were saying he fell off. So I think that verse is all about saying, nah, I'm still here and I'm still paid.
0: Okay, and so that's where you know ain't nothing changed but my limp comes yes. from. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like so, the limp is not a uh, crip based thing, no, 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 No. okay, okay, thanks, man. See, I I really do get a lot out of this, as lame as that is.
1: Oh, no, no, because sometimes, like, when I listen to the show and you guys talk about verses, then somebody will say something, I'm like, oh, I never thought about that way, so I'm sure, like, when they listen to this, they'll be like, well, no, he didn't mean it like that, because that's the beauty of hip hop. I mean, that same verse, somebody else might picture it a whole different way. But I mean, if I know i like I said, he had those albums and he kind he kind of, he kind of fell off yeah. and I think he's just trying to say, no, I'm still here. I'm still getting money. And you know, my, my name is still, my name is still in the spotlight.
0: Right. And I, uh, you know, um, as a sort of an aside, how did Puff Daddy always get on these songs? It's, it's like the dude just read a rap for the first time. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Like he's just, he's really
1: not good. Well, he was a producer, and then also, you know, you got people writing for him, so. Yeah, but like, uh, okay, right on. I mean, but he's the money. He's the money. Okay, that's what it is. He bought his way of those tracks. It's probably something in the contract saying, well, you got to put me on that.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That makes
1: sense. That makes sense. Fuck! <laughs> take that! Take I'm always that, take like, that, take that, take that,
0: because <laughs> that song, you know, everybody talks about that song. I've heard that song talked about for years, but uh-huh. then when I finally heard, it, I was like, whoa, holy fuck! Okay, this is what people are talking about. You yeah, get that first yeah. fucking sick. like oh, I, I oh, love the, the Mace's hey. verse, yeah, and then there's that big blank space in the middle, and uh-huh. then Biggie comes in with. I just love his fucking delivery. The way he's like sitting back, like he's just picture him sitting back having a sip on a fucking front porch somewhere rapping. You know what I mean? Like he's so fucking laid back. He's so fucking. Talking to the grandkids about his old
1: days when he used to run the streets. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like he's just like, I own this spot. I, you know what I mean? Like, ah, I just love the guy. So Mm -hmm. it's this one, uh, capital B, capital I, capital P, capital O, capital P, capital P, capital A which, you know, he loves spelling yes. his name. Okay.
1: B-I-G-P-O-P-E-A.
0: <laughs> That's the
1: one. No info oh, for, for the, the EA.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, obviously federal agents are mad because he's flagrant, taps the cell in the phone in the basement. And so that I get, right? He's yep. fucking with the DEA. Yep. And they're like, man, like, oh, we should be tapping that. Yeah. You know? uh, and then uh, my team supreme, stay clean, triple beam, lyrical dream. Okay, the team's great. Stay clean, I guess, but triple beam, lyrical dream? That just like something that sounds
1: nice. Uh damn it, damn it. On a triple beam, triple beam. Uh damn, isn't that like a like a weight scale or something? <laughs>
0: no. This would be a pretty good game show segment if I got it cut up where I actually yeah. knew what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs>
1: uh, chill, chill gonna make fun of me. <laughs>
0: Well, man, you're actually stepping up for this, and I appreciate that. I have to say, Chill is um, dealing with some family no. stuff right now, and uh, all the love and uh, support hey, to her.
1: You I know? did, I did, I did, I did cheat though. I did, uh, yeah, my mind, yeah, my the little bit of uh, knowledge my uncles did give me. A triple beam is a, it's a weight scale; they use the weight drugs.
0: Oh, okay, all right, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those old. Yeah, okay. uh-huh. I don't know anything about that, nor should I. Um, I never it was, did
1: it. I just know people who, who kept me away from doing it. Right,
0: right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Triple Beam, Lyrical Dream, I Be That. So he's weighing his words and uh, selling them for lots of money. Cat you see at all the events bent. Cats in holsters, girls on shoulders. Bent? Why don't he be bent? Oh, drunk. okay. Drunk. Oh, I like
1: it. Drunk, okay. turned up, drunk. Uh, You know, when when the brothers, they at the show, they drunk and they got the girls on their shoulders. Yeah, they they feeling themselves. They start when when you at the club and brothers start picking women up. Motherfuckers' own one. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, totally. And and light fixtures all of a sudden start getting broken. Yes. White chicks walking around with blood dripping off their heads. Yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. It, it so, happens everywhere.
0: It happens everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Gatson holds those girls on shoulders. Okay. Playboy, I told you, being mice to me, bruise too much, I lose too much, step on t- stage, the girls boo too much. So, like, uh, Playboy, I told you, being mice to me, like, that's dudes uh, trying to, you know, have girls ride around on their shoulders and he's like, yeah, fuck y'all, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. basically that verse there, he's just talking about, well, at the end he sums it up with uh, step on stage, uh, girls boo too much. You look at a lot of his his lyrics, they're they're, they're pretty, they're not, he would never be uh, confused with being a feminist. Uh, So when he steps on stage, the, the women are booing because, you know, he he just talks shit about women a lot also.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. He he sure does. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. man, like I had to say, like back in the day, that fucking oh, so good. So oh, good. It
1: was, it's always that, that that first album, the, 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 the Ready to the, Die. The, ready to die, my bad, ready to die. Thank you. Oh, yeah. That man, that and uh Wu Tang, I think I damn near probably burned a hole in that disc. both <laughs> of those discs. I was Listen to those so much. Well,
0: oh, I hadn't heard it uh, until last night. I put it on. And I probably listened to it three times. I mean, that's that, so fucking good.
1: Yeah, they're ready to die. And I mean, it's just just a storyteller. That's all. I mean, he's just a storyteller.
0: And he puts like okay. The thing for me is that he'll take and that, and that's why like I really agree with what Chill says about how Kendrick's sort of taken brought back to a place that it was at where he'll put you know all this sort of machismo gangster shit and And then right at the end, he'll be like, yeah, well, if my daughter's crying, you better know yeah. you're, you're going to be dying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like And that whole thing about like that fucking, um, you know, uh, now the, you know, six months later they start showing with the bodies makes me want to go, uh, fuck. I can't remember the line, but basically, you know, He's talking about all this heavy shit with, with the kids killing each other these days. Uh-huh. And then he ends it with, my mother got cancer in her breast. Don't ask me why I'm stressed. Things don't change. Like, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Putting that personal fucking touch right on the end of it every time. And, like, nobody else does that that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, he just, I mean, and then, like, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he, he 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 makes fun of himself. He tells a good story. I mean, he does all of it. All yeah. of it. Yeah. I mean, like, like it won't even hit his his album, but the uh, Jay Z's first album when they had that uh, the, uh, uh, the, the the two two uh, two evils or whatever two, two evils I think uh, right. my bad I'm, I'm messing up but the, the simple line if Faith had twins she probably have two pox. get it two <laughs> pox. I'm like come on man this dude making he making fun of the fact that everybody was saying that Faith Evans fuck like Tupac. Just like he—he's he's making light of it in his own verse. Yeah, come yeah, on, give it yeah, to him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's slick, man. The guy is slick.
1: Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I love. I mean, yeah, I, I, love, I love some big.
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be digesting that. I found that that with hip hop, I have to, I have to give it like five listens all the way through mm-hmm. before I can even form an opinion about what I think about it. Yeah, because it changes so much. I will listen to an album and and I won't approach it that way. Mm-hmm. I'll just be like, I don't like that album. And I come I, back six months later when I'm like, oh, I want something new to listen to, and I listen back to it. And I'm like, I didn't even give it a chance. Yeah, it's, like it's interesting?
1: Like, like right now, I'm on uh chance. The rapper he has one called Acid. Mixtape called Acid Rap. Yeah, I can't get enough of. I think uh, people get in my car. They get tired of hearing that shit. So, <laughs> uh, I play that shit nonstop. I be at the gym working out to it nonstop. And, and like a lot of stuff you say is just like nonsense, but I think it's just his delivery and the beats are just like, it's just so fucking catchy. It's yeah. catchy as fuck. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. There's a, that can go a long way.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Well, speaking of music, um, something I was uh, looking into lately, I've been, uh, I'm a history podcast fan. And uh, one I was listening to recently had, um, it was basically like the formation of the musical. Uh, in in the states and, and mostly in new york uh-huh. pretty much exclusively in new york and i had not realized how what the the effect of minstrel shows back in those days oh yeah like because that that whole theater scene back in like maybe like the 1830s 1848s the first full minstrel show but like back then theaters were everything in terms of entertainment and it was like the culture of America had really not been defined yet. And Mm -hmm. it was pretty much happening on a nightly basis Mm -hmm. in these theaters. Right. And the minstrel show is obviously incredibly racist. It's it started out with white guys in blackface and um, black people in blackface after the civil war Mm -hmm. and was incredibly popular right? But what really formed the popularity was the music and the music was straight ripped off southern uh, slaves and, and, you know, the southern black music. Yeah,
1: yeah, the hymn.
0: It's really the first um, example that I know of of, you know, uh, white culture appropriating um, directly slave-based, or even just you know, really any kind of black culture. Like it, it, it seems like it's it's one of the times when you know, it's sort of maybe the first example of that.
1: I mean, yeah, the, the rhythm's gonna, the rhythm's gonna take you. I mean, and even though I mean it's filled with so, I mean, such sadness, and sometimes it's used for communication. But I mean, it's just, I mean, you hear some like a uh, man. I'm trying to think but i mean just the, the just the beauty of it yeah. i mean the beauty of of some of those things and like uh i don't think billy holiday even though she is she comes from that era she comes from that uh that that pain i mean we listen to her music i mean I just turn up, you just turn off all the lights and you hear all that pain. So you think back to these, these people in the fields and they're singing and they're communicating through these, these rhythms through this, I mean, through this, 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 this beautiful, these beautiful songs. I mean, who wouldn't want to take that and try to make money off of it? Unfortunately, well, you know, yeah,
0: yeah. for sure. But it's, it's so to me, like, I love looking at that um, part of the culture of the Americas or of America. Uh-huh. Like, like if, Something that reminds me of it, when you look at uh, Mexico, you see the Catholic religion did so much damage to people down there, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's crazy what happened because of it. But they have essentially taken that culture and made it their own you know in in the yucatan where Chuck the the rain god was was king because it's like it's a desert basically um nine months of the year they're christian they're full catholics and three months of the year they worship him and it's like just just that's it too bad (laughs) (laughs) you don't like it fuck off christianity yeah you know (laughs) in a lot of ways it seems to me like through music and through other forms of entertainment like the music almost comes from the pain and the suffering and you take that and you build something beautiful out of it. And eventually with the Mitchell shows, it was basically the first black performers that were ever acceptable in Broadway Mm -hmm. on Broadway. And, and, there, once it became black uh, musicians doing the music, it was, you know, really the way that they broke in to that scene and the way that Broadway became available, not just to white people.
1: Right, but, I mean, yeah, it's about that thing. I mean, the, unfortunately, having to, I don't, I don't know if I want to say the meme, but, I mean, the black experience is just having to sometimes lower yourself or almost sometimes buffoonish just to get into the door and then i don't know if you ever seen uh bamboozled
0: no spike- i haven't
1: have you no uh that's a spike lee movie and i mean it i mean it, it kind of like does that thing of where it's kind of exactly what you're talking about here is these street performers uh Savon glover you know the tap dancer right. these street performers and they're, you know, out tap dancing in front of this building. They're doing the same stuff, basically.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's a white guy Uh. uh God, I'm forgetting the, the, the actors. You know, I'll, I'll take it all, but I, I'll tell you the story. <laughs> there's, you know, he basically sees this, this these guys and they have skill, but he's like, how will white America accept these guys? Yeah. Basically, he puts them in blackface and America loves them. And they're doing the same shit they were doing out in front of this Yeah. This, Office building begging for money, you know, in a tin can, and now they got b- blackface on, and you know, basically cooning it up a little bit. They're 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 famous, yeah. and then, so at the end of the movie, he comes out with the out the blackface on. Zavon Glover does the same shit, and they're all like, well, "What is he doing? Yeah, you know, where, where's the where's, where's the, the cool big red lips? Yeah, yeah, you know. So, but hey, you should watch that movie. You yeah, I mean?
0: yeah, bamboozled." It's,
1: yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, that
0: sounds really good. It's like, and you know, you you look at how it was sold. Like one, one of the um, things they were doing was like opera covers. Like they were rendering classical opera. Into minstrel mm-hmm. shows. Yes. And, and a, an ad, this is from Wikipedia, um, an ad from back then for a particular show was like, seven slaves just from Alabama who you, who are earning their freedom by giving concerts under the guidance of their northern friends. Like, that's that's a poster for a fucking show. Wow. And like, they're almost like, you know, <laughs> they're earning their freedom. This is right after... You know, emancipation proclamation. Yeah. So, like, that was actually how it was sold. But then, and this is,
1: and this is all up north too. I mean, oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. This well, is New York City.
1: Yeah, and people want to, you know, and, uh, and it was funny because you know, Rod was talking about his show about how people want to just place this thing like the South is just this racist place and where all the blacks went up north and yeah. got all this freedom. Yeah. and it's like no. No, it, it really wasn't that way. We still were not accepted. We still were, you know, had to coon it up, blackface. We weren't about to just go lay up at the Ritz Carlton, you know. No, it's bullshit like that. So don't paint it to where racism only existed down south.
0: That is such you know? a the victors write the history
1: yes, thing it, right there. Like it that it.
0: idea that there was all these white people. Like I will say, because we were a British colony, uh-huh. that when you get past that border, the Uh, legal racism was gone. But as I've mentioned many times on this show before the history of all African Nova Scotian people pretty much in Halifax up to the present day is an abysmal fucking human rights tragedy and we should never take pride in it but at the same time this idea that the northern states were anything but fucking practical when the slaves were freed is ridiculous the whole idea was based on the Civil War it It was a way of undercutting the South uh, the power of the South by defeating them economically that's all it was and for anybody to take credit beyond that is Fucking ridiculous.
1: Correct. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's, it makes it. It makes a good story for the history books. So that yeah. way, you start to say that America was fucked up for a long time. and still continues in some ways to be fucked up.
0: It lets the rich guys at, in the North feel yeah. better about themselves. about Correct. How things were. Yeah. And if they hadn't had to fight the South, there probably would still be slavery for something. of those guys. We, you know? we, we
1: we didn't want to take this cotton, but we didn't yeah. want to go to waste. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want this plantation, but we don't yeah. want those guys no, to use no, it. Right? No, 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 no. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I have to say thank you so much. It's been fucking fun as hell talking to you. It's really cool to actually get to, to connect and stuff, and we've got to do this again when chill's around.
1: I mean, I appreciate it. Anytime, like I said, anything for the show uh i mean i love you guys uh sorry chill couldn't be here but you two together man it's like it's like listening to a fucking like buddy cop film man i love it i love it i love it i tell every like once people get past the title of the show and give it a listen they love it but yeah i'm telling you out there america if you're not listening you're fucking you're missing out you're missing out this is a great show you guys do good work When you you, guys do get it up but like I said, I appreciate I appreciate you just coming on and talking to me, man. I really do.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much.
1: Dude. I'm sorry, having me on and letting me talk to you, I should say.
0: <laughs> well, man, it's it's been really fun, and uh we'll have to do it again soon.
1: Oh, we sure will, man. Well, you be safe, man, up there. You take it easy.
0: All right, you too, man. Don't let school uh drive you too nuts.
1: I don't know. I got eight, eight, five, I got five more months of the test, and it's sweet freedom. Back to Kansas uh, City for the KC store. Nice.
0: Congratulations, man.
1: All right, man. All right, talk to you later. All right, talk to you later. All right. Bye. Hey, witness, drifting amidst the undercurrent, my anchor drop. The circuitry in my brain determines trajectory when I angle thoughts. Hostile vocabulary specialist, pressureman pens to pages. Most feel the vibe like grail when I step on stages. Suckers encourage my movement, blades for the carpentry. Connect flush and hail the sawdust, they can hardly see. The fog lingers around my life like wolves. Preserve the what's underneath, rhyme books like Dead Sea's clothes. Unseen, dictation, for the pulsation of where my soul blasts. I push tapes invade. Pick a corner like Sandy Koufax. I cofax that flatline, adaptation to the comet. I press time, thumb on the detonator, the best of the reef, the divine give. Yo, watch where why you clip, that trip can be foul. When the legendary prince of poetry infraction profile. A lot of skills in the heat of the moment we pull from the scene. Rubber burning is all you smelling like an apartment that's Don't full of fiends now. Time. Six o'clock, set it straight When it hits the block, don't go in shock Just let it shake I make you levitate Fit the knock in every state When you spin it, don't forget the drop It's such a heavy break Canada's vibing music Amateurs hiding through it Not exiting nobody out it's just a lava movement. Melodic inspiration when life is working your nerves. And psychotic thoughts erasing and soul searching is for the birds. Spit poetic pastels to paint a better tomorrow. Send whack rappers to hell for trying to take mines like Sorato. Hit the gas, turn the throttle. Light it up, tilt the bottle. Prince Poe, hips hot Denzel ripping shows, hard act to follow. get refraction. maybe your main or fatal attraction. But it's action, guaranteed to bring you soul satisfaction. Set adrift on the trip on my ship. When you hear it in another place full of grace, you can taste it Don't when you hear it. fine. Cause it's written oh. up above.